Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hello, what's up, y'all, and welcome back into another episode of Believe in the ATP Tour. I'm your host, as always, Jacob Sersosimo. And today you're listening on the Believe Network. This episode's getting out a little bit later in the week, a little bit later in the night, but that's what happens when tennis is going on halfway around the or halfway around the globe, I should say. And it's going down in Rome right now with the international tournament there for the Clay Court Tournament. It's a Masters 1000 tournament that's happening in Italy. It's called the Internazionale BNL d'Italia. I'm Italian, but I don't speak Italian, so... I apologize in advance for what I'm going to call this tournament. I'm just going to say it's Rome because that makes me sound less dumb. We're just going to put it that way. It's the quarterfinals. The players are in the quarterfinals. The quarterfinalists have been named. A few shocks in this tournament. Uh, some not so surprises in this tournament. But top to bottom, I think it's been really good. Uh, we're, we're going to get through that here in this episode. Get to the next episode where we're going to talk about who won this tournament, what we think about the last major event or I should say big event, not major event, big event before Roland Garros that comes at the end of the month. We are getting so close. We are just over 10 days left until Roland Garros kicks off at the end of May on the 28th and then goes into the early part of June. All right, let's get right into what's going on in Rome and everything that's gone on over the last week or so at this tournament, last Masters 1000, like I just mentioned. Uh, Let's get right into it. Uh, Who... Made some surprises. This guy by the name of Fabian Mirajan beats Carlos Alcaraz in the third round. Mirajan, he goes through uh, Mute, and then he goes through Leheka. Yuri Leheka, the number 32 seed, who's played really well. Fabio Mirajan is a qualifier into this tournament. In the third round, he plays Carlos Alcaraz, one of the hottest players on clay, one of the hottest players in the world right now, who's playing fantastic tennis. And Mirajan beats him. In straight set, 6-3, and then beats him in a tiebreaker, number 4, 7-4 in the tiebreaker. Mirajan, absolute lights out tennis. After the mask, Carlos Alcaraz gives Mirajan so much credit. He says he played so well. Obviously not the best day for Alcaraz, but Alcaraz says he just really couldn't keep up with what Mirajan was doing and never really got back into this match. Uh, I don't know what I'm more surprised by, Carlos Alcaraz losing in the third round or Fabian Mirajan beating Carlos Alcaraz and making it to the fourth round here right before the quarterfinals in Rome. I'm going to go with Carlos Alcaraz losing just because the talent of him and how he's been playing as of late. He's been playing lights out. He's been fun to watch. And I really, it was hard for me to envision Alcaraz losing. He gets into one of those streaks where, you know, Nadal's been there, Federer's been there, Djokovic has been there, where you watch them play and you go, I have no idea who's going to beat this guy. I have no idea who can beat this guy because he just plays that well at that time. But Mirajan comes in as qualifier, has nothing to lose, plays really good tennis, and he moves on into the fourth round, the round of 16 here in Rome. But Carlos Alcaraz takes a big dip early, and he pretty much said, I'm going to go get ready for the French Open. So will this help him in the long run? His ultimate goal, I believe, most people's ultimate goal is to win the major, right? They want to win the major. So... These tournaments lead up to the major, and an early exit here might give him the rest he needs to do really well at Roland Garros. With that being said, we'll talk about that when I get to the Roland Garros podcast. Right now, we got a lot more tennis to talk about that happened in Rome. We're going to head right back up to the top 
of this tournament and uh, top of the bracket. Stan Wawrinka playing decent on clay beats Ivashka. Grigor Dimitrov, I think, playing great on clay for Dimitrov to go through Stan Wawrinka and then takes Djokovic to three sets. Djokovic, spoiler alert, makes it all the quarterfinals. Not really a shock there as he beats Cam Nori in the round of 16. Some of these not very shocking, like uh, Holger Rune going through Fognini and uh, beating Alexi Popperin, but some of them shocking. Number 10 player um, in this tournament, Felix Ogiele Asim, loses to Alexi Popperin. Ali Asim somehow not finding a groove right now on clay as Popperin makes it to the round of 16 before falling to Rune. That's going to be a great quarterfinal, I think. Novak Djokovic and Holger Rune. Kasper Rude. Finally playing some really good tennis on clay. So good to see Kasper Ruud make it to the quarterfinals here and beat quality opponents. Beat Bluebeck, beat uh, Jiri. Um, Jiri making a run here. Tommy Paul loses on clay, not his best surface. Uh, but Jiri loses to Ruud. Ruud in the quarterfinals. Yannick Sinner makes another decent run here, but loses to Francisco Serendolo. Serendolo comes and he goes, and you see him sometimes plays great, and then other times it's like, He's non-existent at tournaments, but here on clay, recently on clay, Serendolo has been a name to watch and a name to fear for a lot of players. And Serendolo goes on to beat Yannick Sinner in three sets. And Yannick Sinner, a guy right now that is also playing really good tennis and super fun to watch on the clay surface. As we keep moving down the bracket, we got another upset of Bruin here in this point in the bracket. Uh, Andre Rublev cruises all the way until the round of 16, but then loses to Yannick Hanfman. Yannick Hanfman? fantastic tournament qualifier he beats Jari he beats Taylor Fritz and then he goes on to beat uh Andre Rublev in the round of 16 great to see qualifiers I think especially at these smaller tournaments get these wins not only do they get a big paycheck they get good points they get good confidence especially before a major when really anything can happen and Yannick Hampfman getting it done here in Rome this part of the bracket I think was tough Hubie Hercotch, 14 seed, plays into J.J. Wolf. J.J. Wolf beats Hubie Hercotch, and then they play into the 19 seed. That's Alexander Sverev. Sverev, I think, getting back into a groove really here on clay. Sverev has to play David Gaffin, beats him, beats J.J. Wolf, goes on to play Daniil Medvedev, loses to Daniil Medvedev, which Daniil playing good on clay. Who could have predicted that? Psst, me. I put it on social media that I think he's going to win a clay court tournament. Now I understand he hasn't won a clay court tournament yet, but... He just beat Alexander Sverev, so I'm going to take a moral victory where I can get one. But I did say he's going to win it, and I'm not sure I'm not sure that's going to happen not watching everyone else. All right, back to regular scheduled programming. Alexander Sverev loses to Daniil Medvedev. Daniil Medvedev playing well um, to get to this point, although he had a three-setter and you know gets to a tiebreak in the in the second set against Sverev. But Sverev really starting to play well on clay again. This is where he got hurt last year at Roland Garros. It's been about a year since the injury. But uh, it's good to see Sverev start playing well because you know he's been the top player in the world before. And when he's up there, he plays lights out tennis, especially at the size that he is. He's super fun to watch. And we're moving down the bracket. In the next part of the bracket is Stefano Tsitsipas, who's playing lights out tennis right now. Tsitsipas beats Sinego. Tsitsipas beats Musetti. I believe that Sinego match was a two-day match because of weather. I believe. And then he beats Lorenzo Musetti. Both very, very good players. And then he will go on to play Borna Chorich. Borna Chorich playing really good tennis again. Awesome to see Borna Chorich continue to shine because he is a solid player, and he's super fun to watch, and he had an injury and came back, and now he's seeming to get back to his old ways. With his win here, he has got 200 career wins. Borna Chorich has, uh, and he's playing lights-out tennis. 
Chorich kind of dodged a bullet here at the bottom side of the bracket, not having to play Carlos Alcaraz, but now he will play Stefano Tsitsipas after getting a win in the round of 16 over the qualifier. These, I think this quarterfinals is stacked. I really do. On the top side of the bracket, you got Djokovic versus Holger Rune. Then you got Kasper Ruud and Sarandolo. Then you got Halfman and Medvedev, which is, I think, an awesome matchup because you have a qualifier playing really well on clay and then a guy who hates clay, but he's really, really good at tennis. And then you have Sitsipas and Chorich. Who do I think is going to make it? I really think Stefano Sitsipas can make a run to the final here. Um, as much as I've said earlier in this podcast that I picked Daniil Medvedev to win a clay court tournament, I'm not sure it's going to be this one. And... Uh, I'd be I'd be a little surprised if I'm going to be honest with you. It's kind of a bold prediction. I'm not going to lie. Uh, but the way Stefano Tsitsipas is playing, he seems content. He seems uh, comfortable, I should say, playing on clay. I think he can do it. Uh, Serendolo, Casper Ruud, Holger Rune, Djokovic. I hate to say it, but I think Djokovic rolls to the final here, and I think Djokovic can win this tournament. I, I know it's a boring pick. I really know it's a boring pick. But uh, him not winning last tournament... I think has frustrated him. And when Djokovic is frustrated, he plays a very dangerous brand of tennis and he's really, really hard to beat. But I wouldn't be shocked if like Sitsipas won it or Casper Ruud won it uh, or Holger Rune just keeps playing really good tennis and beats Djokovic and moves on to the final. Like I said, a lot of these players, their main objective is to win Roland Garros and play really, really well at Roland Garros. That's where the money is. That's where the recognition is. And that's where the legacy comes into play. So, you know, these these Masters 1000s events are big and they're good to win and they're fun, but you can't get too much in the hype of these because there's a bigger goal in mind and that is what's happening at the end of May. All right, a decently short episode today. I just wanted to get through everything that was going on in Rome. Sorry if uh, it's a little shorter than expected, but uh, that's what's going on there. Next week, we're going to recap Rome, what everything happened in Rome, and then get to the last 250s right before clay court season ends at Roland Garros uh, in Paris, France. Now, I'm going to talk about, at the end of this, who I really like on clay right now. We've had about a month-ish to a little over a month, I think, to to see clay court play happen and see who's playing good and who's had good results and who's solid and who's going to play well as it looks or appears right before Roland Garros. So we'll get to that point for sure uh, next week or the week after that, and then it's going to be Roland Garros. So there's a pair of 250s right after Rome, and then, you know, we head to Paris for the the biggest clay court tournament of the year and one of the four biggest tournaments uh, of the season and of the year. So that's what's happening Around the world of tennis right now. Last thing, uh, and this is like a programming note. Uh, it looks like ESPN has announced that uh, they have an In the Arena with Serena Williams. It's a new multi-part docu-series uh, that says the project will provide a complete and intimate account of the tennis legend's career as told by Serena and key figures in her life. I look forward to it. I think, I think any insight of what these players' lives is like because it's so far from most of our realities is really good. And I think Serena being one of the greats, it's going to be really good for tennis, bring more eyes to tennis as Serena has done in the past. She's done something to tennis as Tiger Woods has done to golf. And that's bring new eyes to the sport, new fans of the sport, and really made it a mainstream event uh, at a lot of tournaments throughout the year. So I think this is going to be really good. I'm excited to watch it. I'm excited to see it. Uh, and I feel like it's going to be like a last dance thing, but it's going to be interesting and I'm looking forward to it. Last thing. Sorry, this is the last thing. The ATP Tour put on YouTube and has put on their platforms a reunion of part one of Netflix, and they talk to the players about stuff they like, uh, stuff they realize from the show, and all that stuff, so they get a little bit in-depth. I think it's a 
I think it's great. Um, I think it's good to watch. It's good to see behind the scenes of these players. Blair Henley uh, is the moderator for it, and I think she does a great job. It's good to watch. It's only like 24, 26 minutes. Go watch it on YouTube. Uh, I think it's good to watch, especially if you've watched Breakpoint. If you haven't, go watch that on Netflix, then go watch this. That's all I'm going to say about that. Thanks for listening. I appreciate it, as always, especially if you made it all the way to the end here. Uh, Shout out you. You don't win a prize, but thanks for doing it. That's going to be it for this episode. I will catch you next week. We'll recap Rome, and then clay court season is going to be over here in about a month or so. We'll get to grass, but uh, some exciting things, some exciting players, and that's going to do it for today's episode. Appreciate you listening. See ya! Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.